Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Super excited to be here with Kobe White, a uh, six-round pick by the Rays back in 2019. Uh, the 27th ranked prospect. Uh, Kobe, how's it going, man? It's, it's going good, man. Thank y'all for having me on. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, no, we're happy to get you on. Your agent had reached out to me because uh, we had recorded last week with uh, Davis uh, Bradshaw, and uh, he's with your same agency and stuff. So your your uh, your agent had reached out and said, "Hey, I got a couple guys that you know you should reach out to." And I'm like, "All right, yeah, we're always down to talk to talk <laughs> to more people and stuff." And uh, so we're super happy to get you on the pod, man. Um, we had kind of talked about like rehab before we hit record. Uh, but now that we are recording, how is the rehab going for you? Uh, I know you mentioned previously like the mental side of things, but how is it going physically, mentally, and even like emotionally? Uh, so to start with, uh, I, I feel like everything to do with health uh, mm-hmm. is first step is is mentally getting getting right and realizing yeah. the task at hand and what you have to do and all that. And I thought I'd kind of face some adversity before getting hurt. Uh, and it's easy mentally to be there and, and yeah. to be dialed in and uh, to be positive when things are going great, even when you have a bad outing or whatever. But once you have Tommy John, um, and I've been thankful, this is my first one, and I've been thankful to be healthy up to this point. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's taught me so many lessons about controlling things that you can control. Sure. Um, you know, because you can control an outing, you can control all those things. But far as health, sometimes it just feels like – uh, so far in this process, sometimes it hadn't went the way I wanted it to. It was like nothing I could do, you mm-hmm. know. So um, just put your head down and keep working, you know, kind of thing. But uh, up until uh, I guess about a month ago, everything was kind of building up, building up and doing really well. Um, had something flare up my shoulder. I honestly think I was just overworking it. Sure. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of what the rehab process is for Tommy John is understanding like, yeah. okay, I did this today. I need to do this tomorrow and kind of balance out the highs and lows of, of workload, so to speak with my arm. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where it's at. Um, uh, and it's, it's been, it's kind of a roller coaster, I guess, uh, as far as the mental side of it. Cause you definitely don't want to be gone, uh, at a complex and not right. playing. So, um, but outside of that, man, I, I'm very thankful for, for, for the things I've learned so far, yeah. uh, which has been right at 14 months, you know, uh-huh. now, with the with the TJ, obviously it's a extensive rehab. Has it given you anything else now for further on in your career that you can put into your warm up like routine that you've taken from there? That's like, hey, this kind of helps it relieve stress somewhere. Has that kind of like showed you new ways to keep your arm going throughout the season, or is it kind of just like one of those things where if it starts hurting again, I'll do it? Oh, uh, well, uh, the first thing is is like prep work. Yeah, I think I've yeah. definitely taken. Uh, taking healthier habits out of it mm-hmm. uh, I, I was always the kind of guy where if something was sore i just threw through it you know and uh, i always took pride in thinking that if i'm sore i'm able to pitch still and still get it done and mm-hmm. there and I, I was thinking okay there's value with that um not saying there's not value in that but looking back now that's probably why i got hurt oh uh, and not saying i won't do that in the future if, if i'm in the big leagues or in the playoffs i'm definitely going to push my body yeah um as far as uh prepping my body i just have a lot more tools i feel like far as how to activate uh different parts of my shoulder different parts of my yeah. body to throw that i didn't have before now everybody does bands and yeah. uh, stuff like that uh which i, I don't do plows now um uh, but just different things in the training room i'm utilizing now that i, I kind of didn't didn't use that way before mm-hmm. um but it, it turns to an eye opener you know when yeah hurt for 14 months so then you start yeah. really respecting everything you know figure out a little more about your body mm-hmm. right exactly. that's all you can do at that point it's how to get healthy as quick as possible in the right way exactly well and that was the thing you know uh, everybody makes it out to be like you don't want to have it again yeah and i definitely do not want to have it again because it's, it's not fun uh but you, you see guys that have it two or three times and i definitely don't want to be that guy neither but i'm also not going to pitch and worry about it mm-hmm. yeah like it's a double-edged sword if if you're not balanced with it, it, it harms you either way. If you're sure. worried about getting hurt again, it, it affects your performance. And then if you're just oblivious to it, then it'll happen again, you know? So, I mean, it's out of your control at that point, yeah. like you said. 
Right. So it's whatever you can control, you can control. If it happens, it pops two, three, four more times. That's just how it was meant to happen. So it's a good way to look at it. You've already done it once. You can do it two more times. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, but you can. Exactly. Yeah, you talked about like over overworking your arm. That's maybe why you kind of had that setback. Um, how hard is it to not just get back into throwing? Because, I mean, obviously you're just sitting back um, and it's a long process. But like, how hard is it for you just to like be like, all right, <laughs> I want to let this new arm eat, you know? Right. Well, and and that was the thing. Uh, I remember I had a coach when I was younger. Um, speaking of letting arm eat, like I was playing catch one day, and I was probably I don't know eleven or twelve years old. And it's crazy I remember this. Um, but my arm felt really good, and all the other kids were just playing catch. You know, yeah. they weren't putting effort in the ball. And I was throwing the ball. Once we got done at I was throwing the ball as hard as I could. And I remember him telling me, like, save your bullets, save your bullets. Uh, now, as a 24-year-old that hadn't pitched over a year, yeah. I understand what that means a little more. Um, and then you start thinking, like, during this rehab process, okay, I've missed time. Have I lost feel with my, my slider or yeah. my splitter or whatever it may be? You know, you get so caught up in the work that you don't realize, like, hey, every throw is, is taxing, you know? So, yeah. uh and, and that was what I was thinking of. Like, over the past month, my command hadn't been great. It's been pretty bad. It's worse as it's been since I've been in pro ball. Hmm. And in catch play, I've been making more throws. I mean, I don't, I'm not logging them and tracking them or anything like that. I know I've been making more throws. And But the biggest thing, I think, was stuff I was doing in the training room. I thought that once my volume increased with my throws, mm-hmm. I needed to increase arm care. And I, th- I think that was kind of the wrong way to look at it. Sure. Uh, so I guess it's just something, you know, you – you, you play with and you figure out yeah. for yourself, you know, any advice for like younger pitchers or younger athletes. Cause you talked about what that, that advice that your coach had given you. And you probably think at the time, like, you know, I'm, I'll be all right. Uh, but do you have any advice for um, guys who are, cause we have younger listeners and stuff. Do you have any advice for guys who are maybe in high school still, or even in the minors? Oh, uh, the, the big thing with me, I, I was never, I love, I love to eat. I don't, I've never been a kind of guy that my kind of guy or anything you know so uh it's kind of putting in perspective like health is is so much tied into nutrition yeah and so just kind of focused on eating better this time better quality foods like uh you see a lot of kids will get done with a baseball game or something you'll see them in mcdonald's or wherever and stuff like that it's definitely not good for an athlete to be putting in their body as far as nutrition and then also uh sleep you know so many kids don't utilize sleep and, you know, you can work as hard as you want in the weight room. You can work as hard as you want uh, on the field, working on pitches and stuff. But I feel like until it becomes a full circle, your nutrition is good, your sleep is good, your hydration is good. Uh, and then, obviously, the weight room and the baseball, that those should be easy things to work at. Um, and, and then also knowing when to take off. I feel like a young kid never knows when to take off. I'm still battling that today, you know. Like, hey, I'm sore. I don't need to throw today. Or – I played a full season. It's probably not best for me to go play travel ball. You know, yeah. and you see so many kids, not back in travel ball, but, and these are just my opinions, but you see so many kids that throw a, a spring season, a summer summer ball season, and then if they're in college, they're playing in the fall too. So there's not much time for their body to, to rest again, you know. And uh, I think all that leads into uh, injury. You know, I, I don't know that you can put one over the other, but yeah. Uh, it was just kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, talking about like um, you being a, a 28th ranked uh, prospect and all that kind of stuff. I love asking this question. How did you find out you were top 30 prospect for the Rays? I mean, was it like your parents told you? Um, and do you kind of pay attention to that? And also, uh, Rifer is a 27th ranked prospect. Or twenty? No, you're the 27th. He's 28th. Do you ever look at him and be like, yo, dude, you know, get on my level? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a uh, man. He's he. So I found out, uh, I think I had a friend message me. I, I really don't look at it too much because uh, I've never really been, uh, I've never been, like I wasn't a, I mean, sixth round was okay, but I wasn't a high rounder. I wasn't a first, second round. You know, I was never had all this uh, media attention or whatever. Sure. So I, I've never really, I, I guess I've never really craved it that, that much, but uh, it's very cool and I'm honored for it, but. Man, Ryford, he's he's a real deal, man. If I could have his slider, I, he could have whatever rank he wants. You know? <laughs> Dude, his slider is so nasty. And the fact that he went through all of Arizona Fall League and gave up only one hit, 
just right. absolutely, absolutely dominant. But I did text him. Like I told you, I said I was going to text him last night. And he told me to bring up crumble cookies. And he said, you know exactly what, what he meant. So what, what's the story with the crumble cookies? Yeah, me, me mentioning that uh, something I've learned during rehab, nutrition-wise, and not eating bad. <laughs> me and a roommate. So it was me, Ryford, and another roommate. Um, oh, and I ain't going to put him on blast. That's fine. It, we're all living together, and uh, man, me and me and that guy, the the other roommate, went to Crumble Cookie probably every day, <laughs> getting crumble because we we're sitting there and we're like, man, we're bored. Yeah. Let's go get a bunch of cookies, and you know, you start looking at it, it's like that's got to be terrible for your body. There's no telling <laughs> how much, probably a pound of sugar yeah. in each cookies, but they're good. I'm a big fan. Yeah, they are good. They're very good. What's, yeah. your, favorite, what's your favorite crumble flavor? Man, they had a, a what is it a buttermilk pancake or something oh, like that. Geez. That was pretty good, man. Yeah, I haven't had that one yet. They, yeah, they got they got something going on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he mentioned that you guys drove like 45 minutes to there, too. It wasn't like it was around the corner. <laughs> right. Yeah, one way. 45 minutes one Jeez. way, yeah. There wasn't yeah, anything man. else closer? What was that? There wasn't anything closer that y'all wanted? That You just needed those crumble cookies? <laughs> yeah, just needed them, man. And yeah, went every day? Nah, we, I mean, we would probably go two or three times a week and then <laughs> like, man, this is too much. Dedication. Dude, that's like yeah. a 45, 50 minute drive each way. And then you're, wow, just for some cookies. Man, those are good cookies. I'm not even going to lie. It's, it's worth driving for. Right. Well, and the rate we were at, we we're going to be diabetic by the time we come back from town. So. <laughs> Jeez. Well, hey, man, let's kind of get to know you a little bit more of your background and stuff. Uh, when did you start playing baseball? When did you kind of, you know, realize, like, hey, I'm kind of nasty at this sport of baseball and stuff? Well, uh, I started playing when I played T-ball when I was four. Yeah. I was really uh, – I grew up in Foxworth, Mississippi. I was a really uh, really small town. Uh, really wasn't much to do. Um, but I loved playing baseball. My dad loved mm -hmm. to play baseball. Uh, growing up, I always hear about uh, how good my dad was. Yeah. Uh, and then I got to thinking, well, if he was pretty good at it, I come from him. <laughs> I mean, I, what are the odds, you know? But growing up until I was about, I don't know, 10 or so, uh, that's when I kind of started realizing, hey, I'm, I'm one of the better players on my team and in my league and stuff. But until then, when I was younger, I, I really wasn't as good at baseball as, as a lot of other kids. And I just gradually worked. And then, um, I guess maybe my senior year of high school, I was just a good high school player until my senior year of high school. Senior year of high school came a lot of velocity. Um, I was upper 80s consistently, occasionally hitting up in the 90s, uh, and actually had one one offer. So I, it was a six-week spell. This was kind of crazy, and it's just crazy how maturity, uh, puberty and stuff like that helps, helps athletes. But uh, – Six weeks later, I was throwing like low 80s. Mm -hmm. Six weeks later, uh, which I was lifting weights and stuff too, uh, I was upper 80s. I gained like uh, on my top fastball or top velo, I gained like nine or so miles an hour. I, I don't know exactly wow. what it was. My fastball changed. I went from, like, okay, he kind of throws hard to, yeah. hey, he's one of the better throwers in the state uh, at that time in 3A. Uh, yeah. It was a 3A school, but, uh, and, and kind of had a lot of success on the mound. And then kind of took that into Pearl River and added four or five more miles an hour of velocity and Jeez. Uh, mainly just pitched off a of fastball, man. Just went out there and competed and uh, tried to throw a fastball over the plate every time. If they hit it, they hit it. If they didn't, they didn't. And that's kind of been my my mindset since then. Uh, I've never been really fast or very athletic, so I you know, didn't have a lot of power hitting. So I wasn't, wasn't going to be a position player, you know. So Until um, they hit it and then – then figure it out after. If they can't hit it, just keep throwing it. Right, exactly. But, yeah, it was uh, – and I've kind of just tried to train my body off of getting stuff off the internet, talking to people, uh, you know, different things, different coaches and stuff, try to throw harder. Mm -hmm. uh, because I realized, like, you know, right-handers that throw 83 miles an hour are not going to pitch for a very long time, yeah. you know. Wow. So, yeah, and that was kind of – it was kind of crazy if uh, – it's a little six-week spell of, of gaining a bunch of velocity wow. kind of changed my career. So you said you only had one offer, like after the senior year, right? Cool. What, well, so and that I, was was that that was your JUCO offer, or was that like a that was like your one D one you chose to go JUCO? Yeah, well, it was it was a junior college offer. I did. Oh wow. Okay, so it was the JUCO. I, I was an early signee, 
so back then I, I signed like January 15th sure. before this, before my senior year. But when I signed, I was throwing like low eighties. Oh wow. And then, uh, like right before the season started, I gained a bunch of velocity. And then like there, I'm, I'll never forget it. There was a college, a junior college in Mississippi that reached out to my head baseball coach. And, uh, he asked about me. He was like, we want to offer him. Yeah. Didn't even know I signed. Like, didn't know who oh. I, you know, which was kind of to me. It's like, man, this guy didn't even know who I was, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it was kind of crazy to think about how baseball has kind of, kind of turned, you know, since then. But yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. And Jugos, like we were talking about this last week, Jugos are like, there's so many good Jugos out there. Um, a lot of guys yeah. go the Juco route for different reasons. Sometimes it's, you know, academics or whatever, or sometimes they want to get drafted after one season if they're good enough to do that. Uh, how good was your Juco? We, so my freshman year, we were middle of the pack. We were yeah. division two college. Um, we made, so they do a, a little playoff series mm-hmm. and then a regional. We won our playoff series and made a, uh, we got put out in it, uh, didn't win it. But now my sophomore year, and we had a first-year head coach when I when I went there. The guy gotcha. the guy that recruited me was not my coach when I got there. Um, and then my so- sophomore year at Pearl River, uh, we won a state championship, which oh, nice. it was a big thing in the state yeah. of Mississippi because yeah. uh, you know that. But and then uh, we got beaten a regional again. But he kind of our coach kind of turned the program around and sure. helped me tremendously. Uh, but yeah. All right. I always wonder about this because I see so many crazy stories. What was the travel like for your JUCO? I know some is terrible. Some is like, hey, it wasn't too bad. We had nice vans and we were just packed in a van. That was the worst part about it. Is there any like crazy things that happened or like, was it like terrible buses, like three wheels or something? I don't know, something crazy. I mean, I've seen some crazy things about JUCO travel. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, people talk about JUCO bandits or yeah. uh, grinders or whatever. Yeah. It's t- really is because you're not necessarily uh, doing things to be able to perform well, but I think it kind of helped me into pro ball my first year because it was a similar thing. Right. You know, you're tired all the time. You had long days. The travel sucked, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But, like, uh, it wouldn't be uncommon, which we would leave the day before, so it was a little bit better than pro ball in 2019. But, like, <laughs> we would leave the day before and drive, like, five and a half hours – get somewhere practice settle in uh but yeah they was not every person had their own seat but half the time people would sleep on the floors you couldn't get comfortable the seat set straight up like yeah. this um so it definitely wasn't no it could definitely have been worse but it wasn't luxurious by no stretch yeah. you know and then meals you know they would have us a ham sandwich and an apple <laughs> in between games yeah. that was our lunch uh double headers um I mean, just you know, your typical thing. I feel like it's uh, not uncommon for for stuff like that to you know to kind of take place. And I'm sure other places had way more extreme things than uh, what we had. Our, our I feel like our coaches and stuff did the best they could with the resources that yeah. they had to to get it done. But it makes you tougher, and I think at the end of it, it makes you a better ball player. Yeah. You do, you, do you know Andrew Gross on the uh, on the race in your organization? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had him on. He's a good buddy of mine. When, when I went out to spring training, he and I got dinner and stuff. Uh, so he's a really cool guy. Um, I got to watch him pitch at the, at the Trop because uh, he was in the uh, what's called the World Baseball Classic. Um, so he was right. getting some reps there. But uh, he had told me at his JUCO in Yapapai, they uh, had him like run this mile, um, like after every bullpen they threw up this hill and down the hill, like no matter what it was. Um, do y'all have any like funny like? Like workout stories worse because you know you don't got that double the NCAA like regulation so the coaches can they can run you into the ground. Uh, do you have any uh, like funny JUCO stories that way? Yeah, I got I got one and I've told probably hundreds of people about this by now. So I remember so we had team challenges. Uh, the Junior College World Series is in Eden, Oklahoma. Yeah. So we had a road to Eden challenge, just like the Omaha challenges yeah. people do. And our coach uh, every day. Uh, they would come up with some stuff and they would be giggling when they would tell us what we were going to be doing because it would just be so extreme. And this was my freshman year. It'd be so extreme. You're sitting here thinking, does he really think we're about to be able to do it? And what was crazy is we'd be able to do it. Yeah. So I remember one morning we had a timed, uh, we had a time mile. I think we all had to run it, uh, in under six minutes and 30 seconds. And if anybody on your team didn't do it, 
Uh, your team lost. You broke up the team in half. Oh, my God. Uh, and we have boys. I mean, you're thinking of uh, catchers, first base, all yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not not like that's some kind of, you know, Olympic-type mile or what. I don't know. I mean, that was kind of tough for a baseball player. And then afterwards, uh, we did a wall sit. Uh, and our coach started – I'll never forget this. Our coach started the timer. And if one person fell on either side, that team lost. Jeez. And uh, – we're doing a wall sit on the back of the outfield fence, and we're overlooking uh, the campus. Yeah. And it's dark. You know, we get out there, and it's probably five thirty or something. It's dark. It's cold. It's dew on the ground. Um, and we're and it's dark when we start this wall sit. Well, we're doing it so long, and we don't have a clock on us. Our coach does, and they they're looking at their phone every so often, giggling. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I'll never forget. We started. It was dark. We finished. It was complete sunrise, Jeez. and we were late for class. It was a 36-minute wall sit, and then finally we just had to shut it down. I mean, and it, like, I mean, somebody just ran a time out. Our legs were beat. Yeah. Uh, and to, you know, there's obviously you, you know, when you hear of guys like uh, David Goggins doing stuff, that's obviously way more extreme than yeah. this. But we were some redneck baseball players, man. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Right, you know, and uh, but yeah, I remember how sore my I would look down at my legs. And they would just lock up like a stem wow. unit or a tens unit or something on your legs. Yeah. You couldn't even feel your feet. Uh, and then one time we pushed, a, a, broke up in teams of four people, and we had to push a, a two and a half ton truck a quarter of a mile. And our coach timed it. And the driver, uh, the driver had to, he would just had the truck in neutral and was steering. Yeah. I mean, as 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 crazy redneck sound and stuff as you've ever imagined, man. That was our and our coach. That he would just see how far he could push us. Yeah, I swear it made us better just because like oh, yeah. baseball was easy after that. Yeah, yeah. You do this ignorant stuff, you know. It was easy. and it was fun to them. I don't know if they still do stuff like yeah. that. But I- after going from uh, JUCO to Mississippi, uh, I'm sure the the workouts were nothing compared to what you what you went went through in JUCO and stuff. Like I don't know if like guys are ever complaining about workouts. You probably look at them like, dude, you had no idea what I had to go through pushing pushing a truck, you know, up, up miles and stuff and running that, that kind of stuff. How was like the, the transfer? How was that a whole experience for you? Well, the, uh, I loved our strength and conditioning coach at Mississippi state, but yeah. he was, uh, it, it was, it was more strength training workouts. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, just to beat you apart, you know, but far as the, uh, I enjoyed working out when I got there. Yeah. Uh, and I put it at Pearl river too. Just the team challenges, man, they would get extreme. <laughs> uh, but, and I think that that's the thing is once you can beat your mind to realize, mm-hmm. hey, you can, you can, you can load a little bit more weight on the bar. You can do a little yeah. bit more. Trust yourself and push yourself, you know, and don't be scared to feel bad. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't want to feel like crap, but you got to at the end of the day. Sometimes, you know. So. Yeah. Now, I'm a big college baseball guy, SEC fan, favorite teams in the SEC. I'm one of the people who even says this. Obviously, everybody says SEC baseball superior. As someone who's played in SEC baseball, you guys do play out of conference. Is it the superior conference in college baseball? I mean, I don't know how it's not, but is it the most yeah. well-rounded baseball you play in college baseball? It is. I remember uh, – I want to say I threw – before conference, I want to say I threw 11 scoreless uh, before I got into conference. allowed my first run against Florida to Nelson Maldonado. I think was who okay. got a hit in the middle. But, man, I remember, like, immediately once I got into in the conference, they were on my fastball. Oh. You know, yeah. they they weren't overwhelmed by 96, 97. If I threw one ninety six and it was a strike, they they were not going to hit it when yeah. I faced non-conference opponents. You know, didn't really matter who it was. They might foul it off or whatever, but, you know, when I play Florida and, and go to Auburn and stuff like that, you know, uh, they were on it, and that just the presence, the the presence of some some of these hitters that would get in the box, mm-hmm. you knew, okay, this ain't their first rodeo. They've seen this yeah. a lot. You just got to give your best and hope it's enough, uh, kind of thing, you know. But yeah, they're it's unbelievable. That some of the hitters that are in, even still now, I mean, and there's more home runs now than there has ever been. But there's good hitters in that conference. Were you there when Rooker was there when he tore it up, uh, or was so he before he was, you? He was. I guess it was – I think it was 17. I Might think it was – or because I think they got put out in a super. But I definitely kept up with him and, and followed his, uh, yeah. his journey. <laughs> and then did you ever face Bladé? I don't know if that was the year he 
won. I think he won Golden Spikes that year. Was that – did you ever go head-to-head with him? I never faced him. I threw uh, – I want to say I, th- I only threw like a third of an inning in Omaha against them, and I didn't pitch against – I didn't actually didn't even pitch at all in the SEC tournament. Hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm just telling him, I don't know if you could hear me, that I went up to Hoover 2018 and 2019 for the SEC tournament. Okay. So, yeah, my buddy lived up there, and we're big Florida fans, so we went up there. But yeah. I'm just there for college yeah. baseball, dude. I'm all about it. Oh, yeah. Well, we had a uh, – I can't remember the hours, but it was like a 17-inning game or something like that. Jeez. I could be botching that against LSU. Yes, we decided <clears throat> for some reason we, we went to go eat and came back, and y'all were still playing. We were like, what the hell's going on? Like, we left in the – the third or fourth inning, we're like, it'll be over. We'll watch. I think you might have been the last game of the night. Right. But we were like, we're probably going to miss it. And they are still playing. We were like, well, let's go see if they'll take our passes because we had the day pass or whatever. It let us right back in. We finished watching it like that. It was wild. We ate, went Buffalo Wild Wings and everything, came back, and y'all were still playing. I remember that. Yeah. I remember we uh, we were sitting in the dugout. I wasn't pitching. Obviously, I was out the whole week. But uh, I remember, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, because I think maybe the next day, whoever lost had to play at 9 o'clock. And it got to, like, 3 in the morning. Oh. And, like, guys were in there threatening each other, like, you better not lose this ball game. Because we don't want to have to, you know, yeah, go home. wake up early. The game is at 3. You go home, shower, get in the bed. You're, not, you're probably not falling asleep till 4.30, 5 o'clock, if that, you know. And, uh, and then you got to get, get there for pregame stuff and all that, you know. So you wouldn't get no sleep. But that's why. crazy stuff, man, in college baseball. <laughs> what was your uh, your favorite your favorite team to play, or like your favorite city to travel to? Oh uh, man, I, I like going to Arkansas. Uh, we got drunk, we got swept, but it was a great environment. Yeah. I did, I wasn't happy with how the uh, how the series went. Obviously, nobody was, yeah. but their fans were into it. Yeah. Uh, they hated us, which we liked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But. It was a tough place to play. A bunch of fans, very nice stadium, very nice town. I like the town. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Very cool, actually. Cool. Who was the best guy you faced in college when you were there at Mississippi State, or even at JUCO? Because I know some JUCOs play some guys that you're like, wow, they went JUCO. I've never known. Right. Uh, I tell you what, man. For whatever reason, and this is on our team, but for whatever reason, in inner squads, Tanner Allen had my number. Yeah. And he's buddy. That's what was crazy. He was my buddy. I remember uh, I was never scared to throw a fastball over the plate to anybody. Never mm. have. And I definitely wasn't to him. And, like, the first two at-bats, he hit, like, screaming. One of them hit a screaming liner up the middle. One he hit in, like, the 3-4 uh, hole. And then finally that's when I was like, man, if I face this guy again, I'm going to just throw him in <laughs> but a fastball. And I started landing a few change-ups. Like, as soon as I let go of the ball, he's swinging. Jeez. I was like, this dude here is just swinging out of hand. But he was a really good fastball hitter. Uh, and I'll tell you what else. I faced Jake Bangham. Uh, and yeah. he is a petty of a hitter. As, and this was what was crazy. Like, my first inner squad, or, or maybe a live BP, I can't remember. I think it was inner squad, though. Uh, the first guy I got out at Mississippi State in inner squad was Jake Mangum. And uh, I, that was pretty cool. I actually still got a video on my phone of it. I, I had won the World Series. It was just another practice to Jake. But yeah, he, he can uh, swing it too. I, it, I mean, he can swing it. And the thing was, it was like he was taking the ball out of the the catcher's mitt. Like he was seeing the ball so late and still able to get his hands to it. Uh, but I finally, finally struck him out. Yeah. Luckily, you know, he he's not going to remember it because it didn't mean anything to him, but it meant the world to me. You know. Are, are you still pretty good contact with those guys? Yeah, uh, I mean, I talked to T.A. a good bit. Uh, we play video games together. Uh, Brad Cumbus talked to him a good bit. And then all the other guys, uh, you know, you'll message ever so often yeah. or whatever, but not just day-to-day messaging. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're guys. We were, we were lucky to – or I was lucky to, to go in there and play with those guys. They're great people. We might need you to put in the good word for it with Tanner Allen get him on the podcast, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk with him, man. He's a uh, – yeah, he, he should be as much as video game as he does. He should have some free time, man. <laughs> Dude, I got that. What video games do you play? Man, they got me, uh, I don't even know, the Hell something 
I can't. It was. I don't even know. It ain't a big video game. I play a bunch of Fortnite and yeah. uh, MLB show, and you know, but Hell Let Loose was a game he's got me playing. I'm terrible at it. But he's pretty good at it. I don't. I don't know where this game comes from. But <laughs> is that is that an like Xbox a, game or a what or play, PlayStation? What? PS Five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, it looks like uh like like not Civil War uh World maybe World War Two or something I don't know. Interesting. But, you can't even see people, man, and they'll be done killed you. I played on there last night with them. You got frustrated, but <laughs> yeah, I can do. It. I'll, I'll I'll run Fortnite. I run that like almost every night now. I've been I, I've been getting back into that. I had like a long period where I just didn't touch it, but like I've been I've been crushing that pretty hard lately. <laughs> yeah, when they took the uh, the no builds on there, that's what same with me. I had a chance. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, said, I said we're back. <laughs> They'll have some nine year old on there building so fast, and he'll be shot yeah. from the back head before you even Dude. see where he was. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's how it would be. And then I, I would try to build, and then like they would just shoot it under me, so I'd fall down and just die. Oh my dude, You're I cannot, right. I cannot win with this, with this building. As soon as they got rid of the non, dude, I was back. I said, I'm in this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So quick pace too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I like about it. That's what I like about it. Um, so let's talk about the minors and stuff. Uh, you obviously get drafted. Um, you go in the sixth round to the Rays. At what point did you realize, or start? Uh, you stopped asking yourself, like, you know, when I get drafted, and start realizing that like, this is going to be a real possibility, and start saying, like, you know, when I get drafted, or you know, when a team drafts me, and were the Rays like even on your radar? Um, I don't even think I ever talked to the area scout until I got oh, drafted. Wow, okay. Maybe, maybe my agent did. I'm not sure. I was very thankful though. Um, because they, I was not expecting to go when I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was shocked at first and then I got to realizing that this was what I wanted the whole time. Um, yeah. and that I better prove I want it. Um, not, not to anybody else. I didn't want to prove anything to anybody else. You know, a lot of times people get drafted and they're like, I got to prove somebody right. Sure. For me, it was just, I got to prove myself, you know, I got to prove what I want to myself every day because, um, you know, a lot of people are just satisfied with playing a minor league baseball or whatever it was. Um, so you hear a lot of people when they get into pro ball, they go back to school and get their degree, which is great. Not mm-hmm. saying anything against them or whatever, but I, I made it my my decision to burn a boat, so to speak. Sure. And I'm not I, I didn't finish my degree. Um, because I said I was gonna I was gonna pitch in the big leagues. You know, that was yeah. my goal. And I'm still after that goal, obviously. Um, but I just put everything in in one thing and just see what happens if it doesn't work out then you know go to something else but yeah. i truly believe in myself from the beginning you know and um because if you don't have that you have no chance i feel like especially in minor league baseball players are too good if you go up there one day man i don't know if my stuff's good enough or i don't know if i can do it you know they're gonna eat you up man yeah. it's uh everybody's works so hard and everybody's so competitive that's awesome i'm gonna clip that and post that that's that's cool glad to hear that Obviously, you get drafted by the Rays. They now have a long history of developing guys. I mean, they go get whoever, and now they seem to become elite talents. How does your confidence like grow? Not just in your like not in yourself, but with the organization itself. Like you've seen it in front of your own eyes. You, I'm sure you see it. Like these guys are like, wow, he might not be as good as me, but they know what he's good at. And that's why he's now propelling through the system. And now I can't wait till they do that to me when I'm fully healthy. Like, is there a confidence boost knowing that the Rays are now known for developing elite talent at this point? Right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I've from day one when I got there, they were throwing a bunch of things at me, um, and they all made sense. You know, it, it was like, man, they're trying this and this and this. Not really getting into things, but um, they were doing a lot of stuff that I liked. Like I knew that I like throwing fastballs. When I got here, I was sitting there thinking, okay, they're going to try to change my identity. And which the first year they, they did, uh, you know, in rookie ball and then, or short season. But then I got realizing it's for long-term stuff. Like mm-hmm. I remember I had to throw like 60% sliders in 2019 in, in short season, a pitch I had never threw really. Um, and I didn't like it at that point in time, but I remember after coming back from COVID 2021 spring training, it was just pitched then. They thought my slider shape was there. They thought my command with it was there. Still use it, but just go pitch. Mm -hmm. You know, pitch off your fastball and then use it. And uh, I think it was a great plan. You know, sometimes it's hard to take a step back and say, I might not have as much success against this hitter right now because I'm throwing a pitch that's not my best pitch. Um, But down the road, it's going to help me. 
and man, they got they got so many resources uh, for player development that, um, and obviously I've only been with them, but that they have way more than enough mm-hmm. than what you need to to for any avenue for as health performance to to help you get back, you know. So uh, it's yeah. it's it's the confidence uh, that they have as well, you know. They know that it works, and they they're not scared to to try things and i like that you know yeah yeah i seen glass now in an interview he's talking about how like close relations everybody in the organization has with literally every player and every system like it doesn't matter if you're in the rookie ball or whatever or if you're the next guy they're calling up like they're it's it's so tight-knit they just that's why people thrive there because it just it's so welcoming and it's a great ran organization so i was just wondering how that like you noticed any of that or how yeah, that was. that's pretty yeah. cool. When they come down, speaking of like Glasnow and uh, the big league guys, you know, when they come down, like uh, let's see, Fairbanks came down, Glasnow came down, just since I've been down here, and uh, Ryan Thompson. And I don't know specifically who bought what one day, but I know we walked out one day and we had a taco truck. One day we walked out and he got snow cones for everybody, you know, and, yeah. and I'm sure they did that kind of thing for a lot of different places, but. You know, and that's just something small to them. You know, they're yeah. at big time. They're doing it, you know. But for them to just come down for a day and was like, hey, these guys, they're kind of up against it down here yeah. rehabbing. and Because uh, rookie, rookie ball is not fun. There's no way that that's – nobody signs up to play rookie ball in a yeah. minor, you know. So, uh, but, yeah, they're they're great people. Everybody yeah. here is just so uh, considerate, I should say, on, on every aspect of, of where people are in their career. You uh, – in, in the minors and stuff, you were – you rose pretty quickly through all the ranks that you think you started at low A and Tina made it all the way to triple A. Um, what do you remember most from that season? Because you were just carving up through every level you went to overall, like a one, five, two ERA. Um, but like, what was maybe the biggest thing you took away from that one season where you, you just like rocketed through the minors? Yeah. Um, my thing was, is I, I felt like I really figured out how to be consistent uh, and how to do things in a routine over and over again. So, like, I was able to execute more times uh, during that year than I have uh, my whole life just because of my preparation on far as, uh, you know, when the when the, the walkie-talkie or the phone goes off in the bullpen, I do this many plyo throws, I get on the mound, and I don't throw more than seven pitches on the bullpen mound, and then I'm on the gamer. You know, stuff like that. And then afterwards, I do my arm care, I do this. I drink a cherry juice and go to bed, do that, you know. And, uh, but I, I think I, outside of that, I also feel like I understood the hitters a lot more uh, because every hitter is different according mm-hmm. to the level. And, uh, and some hitters are anomalies in each level. But for the most part, like low A, they, they had trouble hitting fastballs. It felt kind of like, I mean, this sounds bad, and it, it, there's still a gap there, but it felt, it felt more like junior college at, at low A. And then once I got to high A, you had to uh, you had to pitch backwards some, and sometimes you had to show pitches uh, because they were looking to ambush fastballs. Mm-hmm. And then it was pretty much the same song and dance in Double A. But the biggest jump I felt like was Double A to Triple A. Um, older hitters, they were smart, um, and then they executed more often. You know, mm-hmm. they and that's when I realized something was different because I would throw fastballs middle middle, and they would take them two times in a row, and then I throw a slider down in the dirt. And they swing at it and hit it and get a hit or something. You know, it was just yeah. like they were sitting on one pitch more often. So it's just different things of being aware of what the hitters were doing. And you hear people talk about it, I guess, and it's kind of cliche, but I, I really saw it firsthand, and it was pretty cool seeing how mm-hmm. I could, how I how I would have to adjust. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Who's uh who's the best player player you played with in AAA? Because yeah. obviously, I mean, uh, Bradley just got caught up. You played with him. Um, who was one of the best players you've seen either on your team or someone you played against? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> uh, I've played with, uh, I played with a lot of very good players. Uh, I'm going to say defensively is Taylor Walls. He is a, uh, man, he like, he's just so athletic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he like a baseball player so well, uh, defensively and I play with Wander and I'll never forget seeing Wander batting practice yeah. for the first time and uh man he can hit he was go I, I don't remember what the round was but I know I saw him hit he was hitting left-handed I saw him hit six consecutive balls over the wall in left Jeez. field um, and it was just it was easy you know yeah. it just looks and that's when I got to realize and I was like 
man, these, you know, a lot of other people are playing, a, uh, you know, level one of major leagues. He's going to skip a few levels or something because he can, he can handle the bat. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's crazy one. How was it? Right. Did you play with Randy at all? Or Rosarena? No, I haven't played with him. No. Yeah. Randy came over from St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Who's in the trade. And then in 2020 is when he had the COVID and all it just came out of nowhere after he yeah. had COVID. It was like he right. mutated him. And now he's just a monster. Dude, he's so he's uh, so fun to watch though. Yeah. So obviously minor league teams there's a lot of cities that don't have anything around them. So they just adapt to the minor league games and they go all out. Have you had any like what's your favorite place that you played at in the minors? Because I know that it's a whole different experience in like a college yeah. campus because they still have football or whatever else. This is like all they have all in they some got. places. And I mean some people I've been to games I think somewhere in New York I was where my aunt and them live. There was like ten thousand people there. It's a minor league game on a Tuesday night, but that's all they have in the town. Like, and they go crazy for it. So, like, right. you had any city that you vividly remember? Like, the fans were crazy. The environment was awesome. The best stadium, something like that. Well, uh, like Durham, which is AAA, you yeah. know, I would think that those would be expected to uh, to have big crowds. Yeah. Uh, but man, when I played in Charleston, and it's low A. Yeah. And I, I don't. I think they had four or five thousand, but the environment's there, man. You get in a ball game and you yeah. have you have a good little adrenaline rush, you know. And uh, it, it's cool that. And there's obviously other stuff there, but I don't know that it is a just a huge baseball or whatever town. I mean, maybe it is, but far as those Riverdale games, man, it was. You know, they they get rowdy. Uh, yeah. I, I remember. I, th- I guess it was Thirsty Thursday. They'd have everybody and their mom out yeah. there drunk. Yeah. And. You know, and it would be an environment. It was cool. You know, do you have any uh, like funny fan interactions? Whether because I've I've taught I've had I've taught the guys who like they're like yeah I had uh, fans come onto the bus and try to get autographs on the bus um, <laughs> or whatever it is. Like, do you have any interesting or funny like fan interactions? Oh, I got a few. I don't know. I don't know if I should share them. I don't know how PG <laughs> they are, but uh, but you can, yeah, you I mean, can share them, and if it isn't, I'll delete it. <laughs> okay. Well, so uh, this. So we were in Mahoning Valley, uh, and this isn't too much of a fan interaction. Uh, Mahoning Valley, uh, Ohio, and we were playing. It was the end. I can't even remember what they were called. Uh, we we're in the bullpen, and I was in the ball game. I get down doing my arm care, and I come back to the bullpen, and the bullpen, like you can see the bullpen from the walkway, and there's fans all around the bullpen, and. Uh, Speaking, of, I ain't gonna name the guy's name, but you had, you know, you know one of the guys that uh, that this happened to, and you might have heard this. Story. Apparently, he made two warm up throws, grabbed his lower abdomen, said he had to uh, go to the restroom. There's no bathroom out there. The bathroom is in right field, and fans are everywhere. Yeah, and he's going in the ball game. Like we're two outs in the in the half inning, he's about to go out. So there is a brute trash can in in the bullpen and there's fans everywhere so he sits down on top of this thing in front of nine people in the bullpen does his business wipes with a training towel <laughs> goes to the ball game and fans are everywhere <laughs> I, I know when i when i came back there's fans just sitting around calm as can be i'm like i know they saw this and everybody is just on the ground rolling around laughing grabbing their stomach and uh, I know the grounds crew got a surprise when they clean that bullpen. Oh, I'll my gosh. <laughs> I mean, and the thing I was sitting there thinking about is, like, this was my first short season, first season in pro ball. I was like, man, if this doesn't get you acclimated to pro ball, I don't know what does. But I don't know why they, they could have put a porta potty or yeah. something up there, man. You know? Jeez. He was up against it because, I mean, he wouldn't even lose. Like, I don't know that he threw two pitches off the mound. And he was just scrambling, had to go to the restroom, man. Like, what are the odds, you know? <laughs> Did he pitch well, though? Man, I, if I'm not mistaken, and this was some other crazy stuff about it. I don't know where this guy's at now. I'm assuming he's not playing baseball anymore. But our left fielder, it was two outs and a runner at third in a tie ball game. And our left fielder, it was like a shallow fly ball. And our left fielder, like – intentionally lets it take a hop and tries to throw a guy out at the plate. Uh. And as when the ball hits his glove, the guy is safe at the plate. And then I'm like, dude, th- like, does this guy even know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. We, we lost a ball game like that. We were the away team. 
and I'm pretty sure that was the same outing. My my memory isn't yeah. great, but yeah. he just had a benches clearing brawl in the series. What? Like, Wild things down there. Jeez. Yeah, it was, like we did not need to be in Ohio. Wow. <laughs> hey, there's a thing going on with Ohio, man. I don't know what it is. That's wild, yeah. dude. That that has to be one of the the best stories I've heard so far. Though I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. But, when you add in the communication in yeah. a non PG form, you know, yeah, like yeah, what yeah, all they yeah. said, you know. So <laughs> that's insane. Well, well, I know we I know we talked about the JUCO travel, and we asked this to another JUCO guy. How does that? travel compared to the minors because i've heard it's worse on mm. some levels and i heard it's could be even it, it could be miles better than their juco experience so was your juco experience comparable to your minor league experience or how'd that go uh it was comparable in some trips uh but it was definitely worse in pro ball uh in 2019 now it got better with how they done the schedule yeah what was bad about it is um you would play a three-game set travel through the night wake up the next day and you play again mm. like you wouldn't have an off day for a travel like now you you have a travel day and you have an off day yeah uh, like six games or whatever so i remember we drove uh hey this was in 2021 um i got called up from high a to double a we had a 14 hour bus ride from wilmington delaware <laughs> to bowling green kentucky yeah uh, and then I watched the sun go down that night. We played a day game. I watched the sun go down that night, and I watched the sun rise that morning. I, c- I could not sleep on the bus. Jeez. And uh, then I had to go pack my apartment. I had to pack first. I had to pack my locker at the field because I was going to Montgomery. Yeah. Then I had to pack my apartment, and we had a day game. And I guess they were they were like trying to get to the field by this. You know. Yeah. I don't remember what the time was. It was like one o'clock game or something. Literally didn't have any sleep, man. Drove. <laughs> I think four hours to Montgomery, and uh, I guess I could have showed up late, but I was just excited. I was like, "Man, I'm yeah. in Double A, oh yeah, and I don't need, sleep, you know, yeah, so, you're hyped, exactly." And I remember being exhausted. I got done with the game that night and slept till like noon the next day. Just could not wake up, but yeah, it was pretty rough. I guess if you can learn to sleep on those buses, I can't sleep sitting up. You know, some guys master it. I, I've never been good at that. So yeah, well. Obviously, that was a long day for you. This is a question I've asked every one of our guests. It's going to be like my staple question. For long days like that, long travel, you're going, you know, you got a big travel day coming up. You're going to the facility and you stop at a gas station. What are like three gas station essentials you must have for that long day? Mm, I'm going to have some kind of caffeine, whether it's uh, coffee or some kind of energy drink that's going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> some kind of beef jerky. Yes. Uh, I can go two ways with it. It depends on how bad I'm feeling. <laughs> uh, I could be going with a bag of chips or some kind of candy bar. Uh, so I don't, I don't know, but definitely got to, got to get some energy drink in me or something, man, to stay up. Yeah. You know? Gotcha. That, that's just my, it's just one of those questions. I just, something I'm curious about. Yeah. Everyone, right. everyone has different answers. So that's cool. Um, you talked about getting your energy, energy drink and stuff. When you're in the bullpen, uh, what do you do to get your hype yourself hyped up? You do like, um, some uh, pre-workout or Red Bull? Like, what do you do to get yourself hyped up to get out of the pen? Man, uh, in Durham, I really didn't need anything. There was a big crowds, But Montgomery, I remember I'd come into games and be throwing 92, and everybody thinks I'm hurt. <laughs> and so finally I got to where I was taking all of the above, five-hour energy, Jeez. pre-workout. Uh, my buddy had caffeine. Man, I noticed some of the Latin guys, they were taking uh, Excedrin. Apparently oh, okay. that's got – I'm like, man, I'll try one of those if it comes down, you know. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's uh anything to get some caffeine in to get you amped up because when yeah. you're pitching 94 degrees and there's five people in the stands, you know, on a day game, you really don't, you're not juiced, you yeah. know. So yeah, anything yeah. to create some adrenaline. When you're when you're not pitching or playing, um, what do you do for fun? I mean, we have we'll kind of wrap it up here, but what do you do for fun when you're not at the ball game? When you're not Obviously, you're, you're, you're rehabbing now, but like when you're not doing that, like what do you do for fun? Like you've talked about games, um, you golf, or what, what, do you, what do you do? I've kind of gotten into golf. I'm terrible at golf, but uh, <laughs> got into it lately. It's a fun game. Uh, it's hard. I think that's what I like about it so much is because I understand how hard it is, and when I make one good shot, yeah. it's so much rewarding, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, like golf, uh, Ian, Ian Leatherman, we shoot bows some. Okay. Um, Got back. Uh, I do a little bit of hunting. 
not I haven't killed any big trophy deer or anything like yeah. that, but just enjoy the outdoors and uh fishing. I was fishing some down here, just anything to try to stay outside really. Yeah. To, uh, stay busy, you know. Well, I got one more for you at least. Uh kind of another off the wall question. Not really off the wall, but obviously from Mississippi, I kinda think I know where you're going with this answer. <laughs> you get in the truck, you're just going wherever you gotta go that day. What's playing on the radio when you get in? You turn on Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you use. What are you putting on? Uh, it's going to be some country. Uh, more than likely, Riley Green, Luke Holmes, uh, maybe a little Morgan Wallen or some old country. Uh, listen to a little David Allen Coe, uh, yeah. Hank Jr., stuff like that, you know. Being from Mississippi, is you a Hardy fan? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He's a big Mississippi State guy. Yeah, too. yeah I know. I, was, I figured – yeah, yeah, he's a man. Uh, T.A. actually talking about Tanner Allen. Uh, I don't know how close they are, but uh, T.A. goes to a few of his concerts and has hung out with him before. I've I seen something on Hardee's with Tanner Allen. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. He's big time, man. He's got them all. So all, all big time guys hang out together. <laughs> but what? Are, let's end on this. What are uh, maybe one or two things that you're grateful for? I like asking this question because it kind of puts a perspective on, on non-baseball fans. You know, we're kind of watching you guys at a high pedestal. Um, just hearing that you guys are also grateful for other things that kind of, you know, brings you down to our level and stuff like that. So what are some things that you're grateful for? Um, first and foremost, uh, grateful for for kind of establishing and and building on to a faith uh, in God more, mm. more so uh, during this rehab process. And then yeah. out, outside of that, obviously, my family, uh, they are uh, they're a huge support system for me. Uh, you know, anything I need, like me being gone, there's so much stuff back home that happens or whatever, uh, that I can't control. Like mm-hmm. I'm not there. I can't, um, they always take care of stuff back home and just kind of give me that peace of mind that not to worry about anything, uh, anything over there, um, that they're going to take care of it. But yeah, my family, uh, they're awesome. My grandparents, I'm, I'm thankful that I, um, uh, I have all my grandparents still alive. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're doing well. My family's doing well. Um, so those are two big things for me, uh, leading up into, to my arm health, you know, so. Awesome. Well, Colby, Hey, well, let's end on that. I mean, I'm glad that we were able to get you on. I mean, um, I know it's just getting dark in your background, so so I wanted to. Oh, I'm sorry. There, no, you're good. You're good. No, don't worry about it. Um, no, there you go. I can see your face and stuff. But uh, yeah, well, hey, we want to thank you for coming on, man. We're going to be watching your career. We're big Kobe White guys. Uh, consider uh, my podcast Twitter handle, like your burner account. If I see guys chirping at you, I'm about, I'm a chirp back, clap back at them for you. Um, so we're <laughs> we're happy to have you on the pod, man. Thank you. Yes, thank you all for having me, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.